fill my heart, that if you flood the atmosphere with enough truth, breakthrough will come. Amen. I believe that with all my heart, because Jesus said the truth will set you free. Amen. 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 Yes. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And, and this morning we're going to be looking at truth, objective yes. truth. Amen. So we're not going to be focusing about your current experience, we're going to be thinking about what is the truth of God, so that mm. our experience might line up with what God has already done and what he says about us. Amen. So I hope we're going to go on a journey, get some heart revelation, it's going to be good. I've been dancing around the room as I've been preparing this, the, because they're the good news of the gospel. Amen. You know, the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation and in the gospel a righteousness from God has been revealed Amen. and that righteousness has become ours in Jesus Christ and we're going to be talking about some of that stuff this morning um, so I've been asked to speak on Colossians chapter 3 uh, the first four verses and um, <clears throat> just to give you a little bit of a context uh, the apostle Paul is uh, addressing kind of errors in the church he's been addressing uh, wrong behaviour uh, wrong attitudes, various problems, and, um, and and basically there are Christians that are kind of not living a life that is in keeping with of who they are in God, and Paul's addressing that. Uh, and I think what is really wonderful about Paul is that when he addresses things like attitudes and behaviour, uh, things that are going wrong in people's lives, he doesn't come in with law, he doesn't come in and send you on a guilt trip. He reminds them of who they are in God. Mm. He reminds them of their identity. He reminds them of their status. And in Colossians, I might as well read this. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ. God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You know, it's not on there, but later in that chapter, I think it's verse 12, Paul reminds them that you are holy, and you are chosen, and you are beloved. So he doesn't use law, put them on a guilt trip, he says, this is who you are, come on, what are you doing? You are holy, you're chosen, beloved. And later on, um, at the beginning of Colossians, Paul uh, refers to them as saints. You know, saints means holy ones. And you look in other epistles, not just Paul's, but we're often referred to as those, you know, take for example Colossians. Colossians was a church that had many, many problems and terrible immorality, things that would even shock the world. But how does Paul address them? He addresses them as those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. Because that's who we are. You know, Paul is really strong on um, making sure we're very clear about our identity and our status and who we are in God. And the point is, is that these things are true of us, that we are chosen, we are holy, that we are beloved, that we are saints, and that we are those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. And that is who we are. And Paul reminds them too of uh, what has happened to them. Not just who they are, but what's happened to you? And he says, we are those who have been raised with Christ. 
You know, as a Christian believer, there's something has happened to you. Amen. Something has happened to you. Amen. It's not theory. It's like something has happened to you. You have been raised with Christ. You died. And you're hidden with Christ in God. Oh, that's amazing. Amen. Oh, that's amazing. You know, in the book of Romans, it uses other language. It says that we've been buried with him. You know, if you die and you're buried, there's a sense of finality about that. Mm. You, know, you don't bury someone who's not yet dead. You, know, you actually died. In Christ, you died. And you were buried. Your old self has gone. Yeah. Finished. Dead and buried. And that's who you are. Something's happened to you. One of my favourite, uh, it's your loud favourites, one of my favourite passages in, in the Bible, I love Ephesians as a book, so much about identity in that book. Amen. Um, but in, in Ephesians chapter 2, a really good parallel passage to this, um, says that God, being rich in mercy... Sorry, you try another one? Try that mic. How's that? Better? Yeah. Um, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our sins or trespasses he made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus some wonderful truth in there but you know God tells us why that we've been raised up with Christ. He tells us why in this passage. You know, God's done this because he's rich in mercy. <coughs> he's rich in mercy towards us. And when you think about the richness of God's mercy, you think of the word rich, it's this richness of the mercy of God is it's very difficult to quantify. It's not like you can get a, a quantity surveyor and say it's this much, it's this high, it's this deep. You actually can't put a figure on it. You know, the richness, the depth, the volume, the amount, the sheer amount of the richness of God's mercy towards us. Why, why is it that God is so rich in mercy towards us? And he tells us, because of his great love. And you know, when you think of the love of God, don't think of a cup overflowing. Don't think of a pool, don't think of a pond, don't think of a lake. You need to think in terms of oceans. Amen. Seriously. Amen. We're talking about an immeasurable amount of love. Amen. Now, how vast is the love of God? It's as vast as the oceans. Loving kindness comes in like a flood. Amen. You know, the love of God is awesome. It's massive. It's huge. You can't, you can't put a, a, a number to it. It's immeasurable. How Amen. immeasurable, how great is the love of God. Amen. And this is why he, he raised us up. He raised us up, he, he baptised us by the Spirit into Christ, into his death. Amen. And he raised us up and he made us alive to God. And he seated us in heavenly places. And he made us citizens of heaven. Amen. Wow, that's who you are. Amen. That's who you are. Yeah, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Amen. You're a stranger, you're an alien, you're a pilgrim. You, you're, you're, heaven is your home. Amen. Yeah, we're here, but there's home. Amen. So we're ambassadors. We represent the kingdom of God, we represent heaven. But heaven is our home. That's where we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's not future, that's now. It's present Amen. tense, it's not future, it's now. Amen. We are seated now with Christ in heavenly places. 
That is your position. That is your status. That's who you are in God. That's your identity. So whatever your circumstances in life, whether you're rich or poor, no matter what your circumstances are, you need to know your circumstances are not your identity. Whether you have great wealth or poverty, that's not who you are. You're a child of God. You're raised up. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You're a citizen of heaven. So whatever your circumstances in life, that's not who you are. And we don't derive our identity from, from, uh, from our circumstances. You, I mean, you may have a terrible story, but that's not who you are. You may go through a terrible things, but that's not who you are. You're not a victim. You're a child of God. That's who you are. That's really is who you are. No matter what you've gone through, you may go through. You may go through divorce, and your identity, in your mind, may be I'm someone who's got a failed marriage. And I say no. In the name of Jesus, that's not the case. You're a child of God. That's your identity. Your identity is not your circumstances. That's right. You know, we we have been raised with Christ. I'm just to make a point here. You're always with Christ. Amen. You know, there's never a moment in the day, there's never, never a millisecond where you're not with Christ and in Christ. Yeah, and that's the truth of it, isn't it? That's our status, that's our position. We are those who are with Christ, in Christ. Every moment of every day. Amen. So whatever storms of life you are in right now, you need to know that you are with Christ. Is there, is there a picture that we can move on to? Yes, there is. Way there we go. Yeah. You've been raised with Christ, alive to God, seated with Christ in heavenly places, citizen of heaven. You're with Christ, and that's where you are every moment of every day. And that is true. That is objective truth. We're not talking about your feelings right now, whether you feel that or not, because you're missing the point. The point is. That's where you are right now, not future, now. That's your position, that's your status. You're with Christ and there's never a time when you're not with Christ. We've been raised to a new life. We've been raised to a a new reality. We've been transferred from one kingdom to another. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm. We're now in a new realm. We are now in the realm of the Spirit. In the realm of the Spirit. And we are under the reign of grace. That's where we are. I just want to contrast our old self, who died, and our new self, who we are right now. I'm just going to read some things to you. You know, before, you know, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. And when we were in Adam... We were under the law, under condemnation, guilty. Um, and we were a sinner, weren't we? We were a sinner by nature. We were in Adam, we were under sin's rule and dominion. We were in the flesh, we were carnal, we were dead in our sins and we were hostile in our mind and we had futile thinking. But now, but now, that person died and a new person has sprung up in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Who's now in the reign and under the reign of grace is in a, a new kingdom, 
who is chosen, who is holy, who is beloved, where there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're in Christ, we're delivered from sin's rule, we're in the Spirit, we're alive to God, we have the mind of Christ, we are a child of God. And that is who we are. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. But we need to know who we are. So when you do stuff out there, you need to know it. you're doing it from position. Amen. We, we've got to start having faith in our faith and start believing who we are. Yeah. We're citizens of heaven. So when you go out in the streets and you pray for someone, instead of looking inward, can I do this? Have I got enough faith? No, who are you? Who are you? Who do you represent? Amen. Are we not ambassadors? Do we not have a ministry of reconciliation? Amen. Isn't that who we are? Amen. So God has qualified you. God has qualified you. I hope you like my pictures. <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to remember how to do graphics from many years ago. Um, so we've been raised to a new life, a new reality. The old has gone, the new has come. And we are in new relationships to the things that once were enslaved to. We were once under law, but we died to the law in Christ. And the law can no longer condemn us. Do you know, the law can no more condemn you than it could condemn a risen Christ. Do you know, <coughs> our relationship to the law has changed. It can't condemn you anymore. That's amazing. You've got to get that. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ because you're not under the law anymore. You die to that relationship that you might be joined to another. That you might live for another and bear fruit with another. And that person is Christ. The law never dies, the law is good, and it's wonderful, we love the law. But the law just tells us that we're wrong, we're guilty, brings us to Christ as our teacher, sends us to Christ, to the one that we can be saved through. How can you get free of the law? The law's never going to die, the word of God stands forever. How are you going to get free from the law? Well, the law's never going to die, but you died in Christ. That you might be joined to another who is Christ. You might be alive to God in Him. He might bear fruit for God. He's never going to bear fruit under the law. The law will send you on a guilt trip so we can go to Christ. I've got a picture of a lion out there. Excuse me. The lion represents the fact that we are a new creation. Yeah. You know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Well, that's who you are. The old really has gone. Dead, buried, finished, gone forever. Never going to come up. That old person you once were has gone. Well, that's God's perspective on you. That may not be your perspective on yourself because you're looking at your experience, you're looking at your circumstances, but you need to see things from heaven's perspective. You need to see things from God's perspective. It's really, really important that you do that because we will just go on these guilt trips and beat ourselves up all the time. We need to start seeing ourselves from heaven's perspective. You know, God has created you in Christ Jesus for good works. We can bear fruit for God now. Not out of fear, not out of condemnation, but out of a love for God. Because he has changed our hearts, hasn't he? He's put a new heart in us. Taken away that stony heart. He's given us a heart of flesh. He's put a new spirit in us. He's given us a new understanding. He's given us the mind of Christ. We are different. We really are different. Something's happened to you. You've changed. You're not the same. You're not the same. You may still have the memories of the past, but you essentially, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. 
God has created something. He's created you. God's done this. God's done something to us that we could not do to ourselves. God did what we couldn't do. You know, by grace we have been saved. You know, we could no, we could no more save ourselves than a corpse could give itself CPR. Yeah, we can't save ourselves, can we? How can the dead become alive? It has to be a work of God. God did what we could not do because he's rich in mercy because he powerfully loves us. He's got wonderful things for us. You know, again, we, we can no more... We can no more save ourselves than a leopard could change its spots. Can a man change his nature? But he can't. But God can. God can. God can create something new. Hallelujah. God has changed our spots. We're, we're a leopard that's died. But a lion has emerged. A lion has emerged. So now you can roar at sin and the devil. A lion has emerged. You are a new creation. So this is why Paul can say things like, do not let sin rule in your body. You can't say that to, uh, to, to someone who's in Adam. You can't say that to someone who's uh, a, a sinner. You can say that to a saint. You can say that to a new creation. You can say that to a new man in Christ, a new woman in Christ. You can say to that person, do not let sin rule in your body. Sin is not on top anymore. You're on top. You're on top. You have been delivered. You have been set free. You are on top. You're on top. And because we've been delivered, that if a Christian sins, he, he sins as someone who has been delivered. You are seeing, sinning as a free person. Don't we? If we sin, if we sin as, a, as a Christian, if we sin, we fall into sin and we all fall into sin. You, you need to understand that. You, you are a, someone who has been delivered from sin. Yes. And you can say no. But if you believe you have not changed, yeah. if you believe you are essentially the same person because you just remember the past, but you don't realise something's happened to you, that God's created something new, yeah. then you identify with your past and just accept, well, that's who I am. But no, that's not who you are. Because that old person died. Yes. And you are a new person in Christ Jesus. So you can roar at sin and the devil. And you know, these are all objective facts. This is what's true of you. This is what's true of you. You know, we are hidden in that uh, verse that we looked earlier. It says that we are hidden with Christ. If you look in Romans 6, which is a great parallel passage that goes into more detail into these things, really recommend you get getting to get stuck into Romans 6. It tells you uh, what's happened to you. Romans 8 is brilliant too because it tells you who you are now, what it's like to live in the spirit, in the realm of the spirit. You are that person in Romans 8. But, you know, if you want to look at what's happened to you, look at Romans 6. But you're that person in Romans 8 who's enjoying life in the spirit. Amen. We are hidden. Paul, Paul uses a Another word in Romans, he says, we are united with Christ. You know, that word united, it means to be uh, like planted into, kind of engrafted into something. If you like gardening, I like gardening, not very really good at it. <laughs> um, but if you get like a rose, you get another rose and you cut like a, 
a shoot off that rose you can cut into another rose and you put them together and you bind it all up and then eventually the two, they will take and the two will grow together. And that's what it's like to, to be uh, united with Christ. It means to be planted into and to be grafted into. Well, <clears throat> so the two become one. So we have a spiritual union with Christ. And that's amazing, isn't it? You have undergone a spiritual resurrection which actually guarantees your future resurrection, your body re- resurrection, mm. where one day we will see him when he appears and we will be changed and we will be like him and we will have a new body. And we've got that to look forward to because Christ is the first fruits of everything else that is to come. And we're in his train. And we're being swept up in his victory. And what is true of him becomes true of us because we are in Christ and planted into him and joined to him and united to him. And we can't be separated from him the two have become one and you didn't do this God did this so it's not down to you you're trying to keep it up God's done this and he's going to finish what he started and Jesus said I'll keep mine I'll lose none of mine you know what is true of Jesus is true of us that's why we come across language uh, in this passage and in Romans where Paul says we too or you also or with, or in, because what is true of Jesus is true of you. Because you are complete in Christ. Of his fullness you have all received, and grace upon grace. And you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And you know those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness can reign in life. Do you know that? That you received a free gift. Of righteousness. Whose righteousness? Christ's righteousness. Do you know Christ's perfect life and obedience has become the ground for your justification and has become the free gift of righteousness that is now yours? And that wonderful news is so much more than just forgiven. It's so much more than that. And I'm going to illustrate what I mean. You know, when we were Adam, we were dead in our sins. We, if you like, just to use a colour. So we were dead in our sins and we were in Adam. And we all know the gospel, how Jesus died for our sins so that we might be forgiven and cleansed and our sins might be washed away and blotted out. Because God forgets our sins. It's a choice that he has made so that we might look like that. So we are forgiven, cleansed. He's wiped away every sin, blotted them out. They're not remembered anymore. And it's often... And that's really good, isn't it? I was so, was so thankful for that. But the, you, you find often, though, and this is my great frustration, is that often uh, much gospel preaching stops there. Mm. And I would just submit to you that that is wrong. Mm. So you're more than forgiven. Yes. You're so much more than forgiven. Amen. Because you have received the abundance of grace. Amen. And every gift of righteousness. And God has made a mighty deposit into your bank account. We were bankrupt in terms of righteousness. But God's made a mighty deposit into your bank account. And he has credited to you and imputed to you the free gift of righteousness. So, in God's eyes, you actually look like that. Because that's how God sees Jesus. And are we not in Christ? Are we not hidden in him? Are we not joined to him? Hasn't his life and his obedience and his goodness and his righteousness all been put to our account? Christ has made unto us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, redemption. 
Are we not complete in Him? Is that not how God sees us? You know, we need to start seeing ourselves how God sees us. You know, we need to see ourselves how, how, how God regards us. We need to have a different perspective because God regards and loves us more than we regard and love ourselves. Do you know that? We're so hard on ourselves, aren't we? That's who we are in Christ. We receive the free gift of righteousness. So the reason you can have boldness and confidence towards God, the reason you can go within the veil into the Holy Holies without fear of being cast down is because that righteousness is in your account. Amen. And you are hidden in Christ in God. That's good news. And that's who you are. And that's your identity. You are in the vine. And because we're in the vine, we are fruitful branches mm. in a fruitful vine. And God will produce in you the life of the vine. You know, we are not what we want to be. But thank God we're not what we used to be. And we are going from glory to glory to glory. So you need to know you started from a place of glory. That's where you started. Hallelujah. That's where you started. And you're going from glory to glory to glory. Do not think the Christian life is like snakes and ladders. Where you kind of land on a square and go all the way back. No, no, no. That's an absolute nonsense. No, you go from glory to glory to glory. So if you've fallen, and we all fall... But praise God, we have an advocate with the Father, Amen. Jesus Christ the righteous, who intercedes for us, whose priestly ministry never fails. He's interceding for us. He's our advocate. He's our defender. Yes. So no, this was mine. He is the righteousness. She is the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. He is our defender. He's a wonderful truth. Yes. These are wonderful truths. These Amen. are factual truths. Yes. These are heaven's perspective on you. And I wish I heard this 30 years ago. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. How things would have been different. So these are object- objective truths and facts about you. And you know the sun, picture of the sun up there, the sun is always shining. Now, no matter what the storms of life are, whether you're in the shade, um, the sun is always shining. Yes. And these are truths, and which are always true, regardless of your experience. Amen. Just as the sun is always shining, you might think, oh, it's cold today, you wouldn't conclude the sun's not shining. No, the sun's always shining. Whether you're in the shade, no matter what's going on, no matter if it's stormy outside, the sun is always shining. Well, just as the sun is always shining, these wonderful things that we've been talking about are always true. Always true. You are always with Christ. You are always in Christ. There isn't ever a time when you're not. It's true of every believer. And we need to be... um, You know, these things are true regardless of our experience. And we need to take God at his word. Because God's saying these things about you. So we need to be more like Abraham. Now Abraham, God came to Abraham and said, you're going to be a father of nations. Both him and his wife were aging years. Abraham was about 9900 years old. God said, you're going to be the father of nations. Your descendants will be like the stars in the sky, the sand on the seashore. Abraham looked at his body and it was good as dead. But you know, he believed God. Amen. He believed God. And the gospel is believing God, isn't it? Yeah. You have to agree with God. Now, you may look at your experience and think, well, my body is as good as dead, or my life is like this. But I want to appeal to you to believe God. 
and to agree with God. God says that you died, your old self died. God says that you are hidden in Christ and God, and that you are alive to God, raised yes. from the dead, seated with Christ, and a citizen of heaven. Will you agree with God? Amen. Amen. Say, well, if God says it, I'm going to agree with it. Yeah. Will you believe God? Because that's who you are. We need to become what is already true of us. These things are true of our position. These are true of our identity. Uh, these are true of our status. And we, we want to transform and become what is already true of us. We're not trying to make it true. It's already true. So we need to become what we already are. From heaven's perspective. And because of these things... Because of who we are, because we are a new creature, a new creation, a new man, alive to God, and we, we live in the spiritual realm, and we're under the reign of grace, and we are delivered from sin's rule. Because of these things, Paul can make the appeal, put off, put off the old ways, put off the former conversation, put off the things that belong to the old life, the old behaviours, the old attitudes. Come on, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. Put off, put on, put off, take action. It's not, not a let go thing. No, he's saying, come on, do something. Put off, put on. Press on, press in. Yes. Look forward, Amen. look up. Yes. Take action, Amen. do something because you can. Yes. Because you're a new creation, you're a light of God. That's good. You're not the same. You are really new. Regardless of your memories, you're a new creation. So agree with God. It's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's truth. I hope you find those pictures helpful. You know, you need to roar at some of your problems. Say, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. You know, 20 years ago, I read a book by a guy called Martin Lloyd-Jones. He's had a massive influence on my thinking on all these things. Um, and it was a commentary on his book on, uh, on the book of Romans chapter 6 it, trans- it changed my life mm-hmm. I was struggling with sin in my life I was trying to white knuckle it and all the rest of it and then I got a revelation that actually I died mm-hmm. <laughs> and that person died and that I can roar at sin because I've been delivered from sin and am I perfect? no will we ever be perfect this far away? no will we be ever be sinless this far away? no but are we going from glory to glory to glory? Yes, yes. we absolutely yes. are. Amen. Not what we want to be, but not what we used to be. But we are going from glory to glory to glory. Yeah. And when you fall, it's not like snakes and ladders. It's not like snakes and ladders. We go all the way to the bottom. You need to find the glory and the presence and the richness of God's mercy and love on that square, right there. Right there. And you move on from there. Okay? So you are on an upward path. And on the upward path, you have these dips, and some dips are greater than others, but you are on an upward path. You do not go back to square one. That's not your story. That's not how God sees it. We are going from glory to glory to glory. So let me encourage you to, to agree with God, to believe God. These are wonderful objective truths. They're always true, just as the sun is always shining. And that's who you are. Hallelujah. All right. So if, if we could stand... I just want to pray for us. See if the Holy Spirit wants to do anything. I'm sure he does. <laughs> so 
we just quiet in our spirits, relax.